Dr. King said that the most segregated hour in America was at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. He was referencing worship. Should that be the case? Shouldn't we have unity in worship? Find out on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hello everyone, welcome to Inverse. We have a special episode on unity, as every episode is a very special one, but on the topic of unity in worship. I want to welcome our, my friends here, and we've been having a jamming time about this topic on unity the entire, I don't know how many weeks we've been talking about it. I mean, unity, 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 we're kind of a little bit tired of unity. Are we tired of unity? No, no because so. it's the basis by yeah, which we work good. and talk and live and, and hang out. Yes. So we're going to have a word of prayer. We're going to ask for that unity. We're going to study for that unity, and then we're going to go out there and we're going to live in unity. I feel like a little bit of a... Anyway, All let's right. go to uh, JT. Can you pray for us? Yeah, let's pray. <laughs> Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and pray that you would enlighten us by your spirit, that we would experience unity together and in you as we study. Thank you, Lord. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Special, can you read Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7? Yes. <clears throat> then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and springs of water. And we've been covering, there's been uh, conflict in different areas, in, our, in relationships, at church, in the early church, uh, just in different components of unity and conflict. And one area where there is disunity is, is in worship that we see. Now, um, not special, Siku, what's going on in Revelation 14, verse 6? And um, how does that set us up for our topic today? What well, we have in verse 6, the gospel is going out with, with speed, with power. Mm -hmm. And the call of the gospel is to a multitude of people, people from diverse backgrounds, from different nations, from different um, language groups, uh, from different ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. And the call ultimately in verse 7 is for them to worship. Mm -hmm. And so when you have such diversity, you know, people from different groups of types of people, and yet you're calling them to come together in worship, Hence, you have unity in worship. That's mm -hmm. the call in Revelation chapter 14, verse mm -hmm. 6. And it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating to me because it reminds me of this missionary who was retiring in like in his 80s. And they were asking him like, what's the best piece of advice that you've learned over your years of missionary service? Mm -hmm. And he said what he learned was the fact that missions exist because worship does not. Right. And that the purpose of the church will continue to exist even after our mission is done. We're going to go to heaven and we're going to worship God. Mm -hmm. So even when there's no more mission, the church will be and its purpose is worship. And so it lets you know that a lot of times, why is it that we have a mission? Because we are not unified in worship. Mm -hmm. And that is at the very center piece of what God wants. So worship isn't peripheral. It's it's central, central. and not even temporarily central. It's central forever. Yes. I mean, it's the highest expression of our being. It's like yeah. when we are perfect, like the angels who are in Isaiah chapter six or in Revelation, right? When we go to chapter four and five, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're looking at the fact that all they can say is holy, holy, holy. I mean, mm -hmm. it's commanded from your being. Well, let's actually look at that. In Revelation four and five, I mean, what, what is that when the angels say holy and holy, holy? It, is it the, the actual word service that is worship and 
Why, why do they say holy and holy, holy? Well, if we go to Revelation chapter 4, Revelation uh, four? and we start in verse 2. 4, 2. Yes. And the Bible says, Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Mm-hmm. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And around the throne were 24 elders, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Right, you got this crazy scene going on. Yes. And, I mean, we can spend a lot of time on each of these things, but let's, okay, if I can interrupt, can we yeah. go to verse 8? Yes. So then you have the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Mm-hmm. Now that's where you're referencing the holy, holy, holy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then maybe I can go to verse 11 afterwards of there of chapter 4. Mm-hmm. This is the 24 elders. They also say something similar. Mm-hmm. They say, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, power. You created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Yes. So, guys, what's what is? I know what we know what worship is. Maybe the mechanical of it. Mm-hmm. One day of the week, we go to church on on the seventh day. We go to church on Saturday, Saturday Sabbath. Uh, some people go to church on Sunday. Uh, what mm-hmm. what what is the actual essence of worship here? I just Secret. I, I just uh, wanted to point out in verse eight of Revelation chapter four, these four living creatures. It talks about they had eyes. They were full of eyes. Outside, inside, they were like full of eyes. And when you think about the function of eyes is to behold. And so as these creatures behold God sitting on his throne, their response to what they behold is to say, holy, holy, holy. Mm. And likewise, in verse 10, these 24 elders, they fall down before him and worship him who lives forever. And they utter these words. It's like worship is a response. Yes to being in the presence of God, to beholding God, mm-hmm. it naturally elicits a response from us, which is worship, mm-hmm. right? And so it, in Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7, when it's proclaiming the gospel for you to fear God, to, to have an understanding of His character, and when you see God, when you understand who He is, mm-hmm. it leads you to worship. So worship is a response mm. to who God is and when we see Him for who so He is. So the last days or even now to the last days, it can uh, maybe Revelation 14-ish, all these people are seeing this, this God and they have the same reaction, the same activity, and that's what unites them. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. Anything else that we see there in the passage? Jared? The foundation for worship is that God created the mm. heavens and the Verse earth. 11, he is yes. the creator. He brought us into existence. And because of that, um, they're humbling themselves before God. And we're called to humble ourselves, not in a necessarily a groveling, fearful state, but in, in willful submission to the one who loved us enough to bring us into existence and continues to sustain us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we, it, are, we are Christ twice over. We are created by him and redeemed by him. Mm-hmm. So our natural, the minimal we could do is to give him worship and glory. That's right. That's and, right. And, and, and it reminds me of, you know, a, a situation when I ran into a difficult challenge in my life. And you're like, man, I need God to come through for me. And I need him to save me from this situation. And I just remember the praying, the tears, the anxiety, the stress of going through that. And then finally arriving at the moment where he did deliver me, mm-hmm. right? When he literally created something out of nothing and brought this to the situation, your immediate response 
is to worship God mm -hmm. in that moment. So worship is not just something you do one day a week or like when there's an organized service or prayer meeting. Worship is something you do anytime you sense you're responding to what God has done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, and then extending beyond that was, you know, the, the Hebrew concept of the word avodah is that you have not only worship as worship in response in terms of praise and giving glory to God, but worship in terms of service mm -hmm. and work and offering. So it's like when you go to worship God, you bring something to the table. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's this element of dual piece of worship that it's not just me responding and saying, holy, 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 but these angels also serve him and do his bidding mm -hmm. and go bring his messages as well. Mm -hmm. right. And I think the reason that we see uh, disunity in worship is for this very reason is that worship, instead of being about beholding who God is and what God has done, and instead of it being God-centered, when it becomes me-centered, when it's mm -hmm. worship is, is to make me feel good or worship is something that I do, somehow it becomes focused on us instead mm -hmm. of focused on God, then we're not worshiping God, right? We end up worshiping ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's and right. If I'm going to worship myself and you're going to worship yourself, we're going to have disunity because I'm a different me than you yeah. are. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you're a different well, you. I mentioned in my, in my opening that Dr. King said this famous statement that the most segregated hour in America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning, which is the from his, his Protestant tradition when he worshiped. And you have black churches and white churches. Mm -hmm. And they're, and to a certain degree, they're not seeing the same God. No. They're not worshiping the same God. And to be fair, you know, my mom, you know, had experienced this. She, she was, uh, grew up in the church but left the church shortly after I was born. And I remember one day being nine years old and my mom wanting to take us to church, mm -hmm. which for us was like a new experience. It's like we get to dress up and all these different things, and we were so excited and go back. And I remember my mom getting out of the taxi cab. We didn't even have a car. We lived in inner city Chicago, all this stuff. But she's like, I'm going to take my kids to church. And then to get out the car and to see on one side of the road was an all-white church, and the other side was an all-black church. Mm. And my mom was like, I don't want to take my kids to a segregated church. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take my kids to a church that's separated by race or all these particular divisions. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't be unified in worship, then any other type of unity is completely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, it's like you're not gonna go to heaven and find a white neighborhood and a black neighborhood and a Korean neighborhood, mm -hmm. right? We're all gonna be happy to be walking the streets of gold with every particular culture, tribe, tongue, and people under Where everything is yellow. Yeah, gold is yellow. I think that if you are worshiping God as a creator, naturally different groups of people are going to be brought together. Mm. Like the creator in his essence, because he's brought us all into existence, yes. right? The, the, the multiplicity of different ethnicities on the planet reflects... Um, Every tribe, tongue, people. The, the depth of, of, of God, of his wisdom. You see the, the differentiation of nature. Um, yeah, I, I, if our eyes are on him, he's going to bring us together. But if we're preoccupied with ourselves and our differences, then you're always going to have those factions. Do you think that's why there's so many types of worship? And mm -hmm. not just, we're to, I mean, there are all sorts of different approaches, high church, low church, contemporary, liberal, conservative, rock, rap, you know, <laughs> roll, and, you know, gift rap, whatever, whatever mm -hmm. it is, you have to have different styles, different, different languages. Are you going to say gift rap? Gift, gift rap, 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 rock and roll, I don't know. It's just, you see, like, what? 
what's what's up with that? I mean, in Amer- especially in the Western world, you have this consumerist options of all sorts of worship out there, yep. and we have tolerant tolerance and postmodernity. Just go wherever you want to go, and it's fine. Right. And Siku, help me. I'm getting anxious. A bit. <laughs> no, I just wanted to add to the plea. There's also this misconception that worship means what music, right? And it's almost like worship is all that worship is is the music yes. and. I like this type of music, hence I like this type of worship. And yes. that's all that mm. worship is, is the kind of music that I like. And that's so I right. pick a church based on the music that I like. It's yeah. shallow. And, yeah. I, and I think it, 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 it really truly becomes an event, right? We think of it like a concert. We think of it like going to the movies. We think of it like something else where it's like, I don't even know you, but I'm going to come to the same theater. I'm going to come to the same seats simply because you're drawn to the same event that I am. And mm-hmm. that's the only reason why we're there. And we consider that unity in worship, mm-hmm. which is preference and style. Yeah, when we come back from the break, we're going to hit this topic, hot topic, on music and worship. We'll see you afterwards. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there... Join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, thanks for coming back. We are in the midst of talking about worship here and unity in worship, and we left off on the, to- on the hot topic of music. Music is uh, music. You know, it's, <laughs> everyone's got their, their, their stuff to say about music. But right, I mean, what I, what I was trying to say before the break yeah. <laughs> is that worship is not just music, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Sebastian spoke about it earlier. He alluded to it that our response to, to seeing God and who he is is not just that we bow down and we say, holy, 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 and we sing the song, holy, 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 mm-hmm. but it's also we respond in service, mm-hmm. right? And our service, rendering our lives in service to him is an act of worship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of a narrow conception of what worship is to think worship is just music. Mm-hmm. But because there's that mentality, people think, oh, well, I want to worship in this way. Mm-hmm. And then instead of thinking, how would God want me to worship him? Like, mm-hmm. what kind of music would God like to hear? Mm-hmm. I think about what kind of music do I want to hear? Mm-hmm. When I go to church, you know, there's a in the realm of something called liturgiology in the study of worship. Every 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 liturgy, every every ritual, every worship service, every cultic activity, if they say mm. not cult but cultic activity, mm-hmm. there's a contact point between the human and divine in the service. Yes, mm-hmm. and from age to age, and from denomination to denomination, from religion to religion, this contact point is different. Mm-hmm. And we see throughout Scripture that the clearest contact point between humanity and, and and divinity is in the person of Jesus. Right. But in every day, in, in all the Old Testament narratives, it's in the Word of God. That's right. Who, who reveals the, the, the living Jesus, the living Word and the written Word. Where right. You listen to the Word of God and then you are you are been spoken to by God and mm-hmm. you obey and you listen and you act out the Word of God. Mm. There are different types of other worships out there that replace that. And they, they make it either the baptism where you the minute the water is the contact point or others, it's the communion bread mm-hmm. that, right. you know, when I eat this, I am encountering God. For another people, it's actually the music. Mm-hmm. 
So you have music is peripheral and should supplement the actual central point, but some people have inverted the two mm -hmm. so right. that the message just becomes this two-minute devotional right. and that the song is where you experience God. The music is the contact point. And I think you don't I, see this throughout scripture. And I think that the uh, Sebastian. It's uh <laughs> I think the the thing that comes up is, I mean, it, it becomes like a drug where it's just yeah. an emotional high, mm -hmm. yeah. right? It's because it's making me feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I think no Israelite was going to the Mount Sinai to get an emotional experience, right? Mm -hmm. Abraham wasn't building an altar to get an emotional experience, mm -hmm. right? He was coming to offer something to God. Mm -hmm. He said, I have this lamb, I have this bull, and God has been good to me. I want to be reconciled to him. I want to acknowledge the salvation that comes yes. through what he has given, and therefore I'm offering something yes. to him in terms of worship. And, and Revelation talks about how worship will be one of the final issues in the end, mm -hmm. how false worship will come about. Jared, help us out. What, what are, give us some insights into false worship. Yeah. What are some well, motifs we found? Well, you mentioned Revelation, and I like Revelation, but I like Daniel just as much because what Daniel does is it tells the stories and essentially says, here's what the issues look like. Yes. And in Daniel chapter 3, you have that. You have Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. And we can look at verse, um, maybe starting in verse 8. Verse 8. May I? Go for it. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a fiery furnace. Here's a decree that the king set up. They're finding that there are a few people who are conscientious. They're worshiping God. They're not falling in line with everyone else. And then they're called out, mm -hmm. right? So I, I find it very interesting here. Um, the, uh, the image is set up. They're being commanded to worship falsely in disobedience to God's commandments, mm -hmm. and they refuse. But it's interesting because the majority is also united, mm -hmm. and they're united in this, false in this worship. false worship. Mm -hmm. So it's not enough just to be united in worship, right? Yeah. You have to be mm. united uh, in, in the principles of true worship that are yeah, centered in God's word. and spirit work together, as Jesus said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. The interesting thing about this story is they are united with Jesus as they're, as they're taken and they're thrown into the fiery furnace in verse 25 uh, the proclamation from the so king is Daniel look, chapter three verse, three, verse twenty-five. Yes, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, uh, or they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Mm -hmm. So they find their unity in each other, but they're also united to Christ to the extent that, as they're insisting on true worship, and they're thrown into the furnace. Jesus comes alongside them, and That's he's right. with them through those challenges. Which is the core of worship, yeah. It's beautiful. Being with God. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think it's awesome that when, they, when they're being threatened um, to be thrown in the fire, their response is, you know, they're not afraid to answer to the king. And why? It's because they know God, mm. right? They're like, we know the God whom we worship, right? He, mm -hmm. he can deliver us, mm -hmm. and even if he doesn't deliver us, we still won't bow down to you because there's a relationship mm -hmm. that they mm -hmm. have with God. Mm -hmm. And it's this, this is what compels them to the response that they mm -hmm. give to the false worship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we think about in these last days with false worship abounding, how do I make sure that I'm not worshiping falsely? It's not 
trying to figure out oh, what's all false about the worship around me, but it's really anchoring myself in God mm -hmm. and developing that strong relationship with Him. Yeah. And that is what will help me to be able to stand. And I love how there's also, I mean, this is a motif that Revelation is getting from, yeah? I mean, it's pulling from Daniel 3. It's just interesting that all this music is there. You know, yep. like if music is not that big of an issue, I mean, it talks about music, it talks about each of the, the instruments, and that phrase is repeated multiple times yep. throughout Daniel chapter 3. So music will play a part in the confusion, mm -hmm. and we see that happening today. There is a lot of, we don't just don't know a lot about music and all sorts of things coming into the church. Music, right. music facilitates an experience, yes. right? But so it is not the experience. It's not the experience, but it certainly facilitates, yes. and music is a very important, I mean... It's a powerful media. Paul talks about, you know, hymns and psalms and spiritual songs. We should be we should be engaged yeah. in music. Um, but again, it's bringing some principles yeah. uh, together to make sure that this facilitated an experience too, but and certainly I, in rebellion against God. And Sebastian? I think the thing that makes the music a problem, right, is what it was preparing them to do, right, which was to bow down to an image, which was a perversion of the revelation right. that God had given to Nebuchadnezzar. Right. So I'm not going to make this head of gold and breasts and arms of silver. I'm going to make it completely of gold. So I'm going to take what God has revealed, pervert it to my own preference, and then I'm going to use this music to make you pay homage to that, to mm -hmm. signal to you, hey, this is the signal for you to fall down and worship. It's a tool of manipulation. So we've talked exactly. a lot about false worship. Now let's talk about true worship. What are the main ingredients? So we're making a recipe for true worship. I mean, I mean, there's a lot that goes in there, but the main core stuff. What should we put in this? 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 this I mean, going off, of what, going off of what Sebastian was saying about this, the false uh, version of it is that it was based on falsehood, right? Mm -hmm. It was so our worship first has to be based on truth, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And those who worship, worship God, worship in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. So truth has to be a foundation. So whether it's, you know, the music or the literature, liturgy, the order of service with whatever comes as part of that worship experience need to be grounded in the truth, in the Word of God, mm -hmm. in the truth of the Word of God. So ingredient number one is the Word of God. It's the Bible. That means that should be central to the worship service. And we have, uh, I think the Christian church is slowly moving away from the Word. Mm -hmm. It's going into more devotional thoughts and moralism and, and getting into what, if, what feels good and God wants you to be happy in the prosperi prosperity gospel. Mm. And what are other ingredients out there that we need, Sebastian? I think... Um, obviously, you have the, the issue of prayer, mm -hmm. right? The, the ability to communicate and commune with God. I mean, this is a critical piece of worship that I also see comes out of the, the Hebrew boys experience here is that there's a certain jealousy over the glory of God. I will not give his glory to another. Mm -hmm. And to me, when you're in prayer and your communication with God, it's like I'm bowing down, I'm asking, I'm constantly being reminded of my dependence upon God, mm -hmm. which is also raising my understanding of his worthiness, which is the very essence of what worship is about, this mm -hmm. worthyship. It's like you're worthy because you created me. You're worthy because you redeemed me. And when I'm praying, God is redeeming me on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. God is recreating me on a daily basis through that communion with him. So there's, I think that through prayer, it also brings us back to this undergirding of how can we give the glory of God to another person? How can we give it to another being? And so I think that component of prayer reminds us that, no, he gets the glory. Hmm. He is the person that is worthy of all praise and honor. Mm -hmm. And we need to be jealous over that mm -hmm. in our worship. And with, with the prayer thing, I think our prayers, just like our worship, end up being me focused, mm -hmm. right? So my prayer time is, God, I need this, or my life sucks because of this, etc. you know. Um, but when do we come to God and say, God, you are holy, 
right? So the response that we saw in Revelation chapter 4, that we were beholding God, and in our prayer time, we actually speak to God about what we see of Him, right? Mm. And, and our prayer time and our prayers are not just a time for self Reflection, and, yeah. It it becomes a time when we're communicating to God and we're talking to God about who He is mm-hmm. as well, and becomes a medium of worshiping Him. Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, Acts chapter two, verse forty-two. I really feel that this encapsulates what your comments uh, and your your the recipe. Uh, the recipe is here. This is the early church in Acts chapter two, uh, and it talks about what they experienced. Two forty-two of Acts. The Bible says. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. I mean, you, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's, the pure, that's a pure recipe right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the doctrine there is not some, some list of uh, some document that the church has made and voted. It just means teachings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the church has recognized that to have authority. Verse 42, doctrine and fellowship, and then breaking of bread. I mean, I think church, for worship, there's some eating going on. You know, I mean, <laughs> Jesus ate with his people. Potluck is a crucial part. Hanging out mm-hmm. is, is just an important part of, of worship as well. Um, what other elements do you see there in, in chapter forty in chapter two forty two uh, and onwards? I see um, when you so go down to forty four and forty five mm-hmm. of Acts chapter two, it says, "Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need." You know, a big part of worship is also in this concept of service and charity, mm-hmm. right? That we're going to recognize that someone else has need and I'm going to fulfill that need, right? There's a Bible verse that says, he who gives to the poor, God will repay. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're actually not just giving to that individual. This is also an expression of worship Mm -hmm. that what Jesus would call almsgiving. And so as an expression, again, of my response to the goodness of God is not just to give him praise, but also to go to another individual and say, you know what? I'm going to give to you based on your need as a response to God who met my needs Mm -hmm. and actually gave me abundance and excess Mm -hmm. in order to provide this. Mm -hmm. So I think here you see in their worship experience in the spiritual community, it wasn't just the praising and the songs and the hymns. Just not an internal thing, but there's an extra external thing going on. There's a giving issue that comes out of that. Yeah. And I think Justin, we need to be careful when we look at this and we read this, this recipe, if you want to call Mm -hmm. it that in verse Mm -hmm. 42, Mm -hmm. not to impose our own forms, our own cultural Mm -hmm. forms on this. It doesn't say that they went together. They all sat in nice, neat rows. They all faced the same direction towards one person Mm -hmm. who taught them. And then they got up and neatly filed out. Mm -hmm. This is a deep spiritual community where they're sharing meals. They're taking time with each other. They actually love, they didn't just like each other. They, they loved, loved each, each other. other and they went deeper together mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. in the worship mm-hmm. community. I just love the, the biblical uh, teaching on worship is very clear that the focus is on Jesus and not on us. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the style of worship, even the day of worship, the mm-hmm. place of worship, it should be according to what the Bible has said. Amen. And in the larger picture, right now, we worship the Lord Jesus who's upstairs in heaven. Mm-hmm. So every Sabbath from sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, we come to the foot of the sanctuary in our churches and we worship the Lord together as God's people come together elevated up to the heavenly sanctuary by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Rather than the Holy Spirit coming down, we are uplifted to heaven Mm. and we worship the Lord Jesus, our high high priest in the heavenly sanctuary. How many of you want that experience? That is the power of worship and we need unity in that understanding. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. 
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.